This is the Bender Six Pod with your hosts, Joey Kanji and Matthew Spaniolo. Toronto into the six. Uh, kind of a quiet week. Uh, mainly with you having a normal job, you did not watch any sports because they were all on past 9 and 10 o'clock, which is brutal if you are a college student. Uh, but let's face it, we all stayed up for it anyway because we're, we're horrible people to our bodies and we just want to stay up and watch West Coast, uh, West Coast games. But uh, obviously one team who will remain nameless for now uh, did better than the other team that we are going to discuss because... As always, per tradition, myself and Joey are basically going to have our therapy session of talking about why the Leafs are bad. So I'll throw this to Joey. Uh, Leafs getting only one point out of three games on the road against three of the worst teams in the league in California because California, after years of dominating the hockey market, just suck now. Uh I'll let you go first and talk about how the sky is falling and how this team is completely horrible. Do you remember when three California teams are like literally three of the best teams in the league? It's funny. And like, we would still get looking, more more than just one out of six points. Yeah, I know. I think like a few years ago, this was like the first year. Uh, it was the first year that it was. Yeah, it was when Tavares first came. To the lead. No, was it last year? Yeah, it was last year. What am I saying? Uh, yeah, it was last year. They swept the California road trip. Yeah. Like, that was last really... year. And San Jose was actually good last year. Awful. Like, two out of. No, no. No, the King. You know, that was. The Ducks had that, like, what, 17 game losing streak or something. And then they lost, like, they, yeah, they eight lost after like, that. <laughs> they lost, like, I think, like, seven or eight. Didn't fire Randy Carlisle. Like, one, two. Lost another four. And then they were just like, okay, like get rid of this. There was like two months where they had like three wins or whatever. They were like Over those two months. They, can I just say that Randy Carlisle always like gets fired after like really big losing skids? Like, well, that's pretty. I think every like, coach does. Most well, yeah, do. but like it's always like the coach comes out and defends him, and then they just go back and fire him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that's like yeah. the common thing. It's almost like, okay, like, I'll buy you some time, but then you're going to get fired. And then, you know, literally, like, a game later, she's like, yeah, you're done. Which is kind of ironic in a way. Well, not ironic, but it's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so the Leafs, literally, within their last three games, we'll go through the score. 5-2 loss against the Sharks. They scored their most goals in that game, actually. They had a 0-0 tie against the Kings. And then something. Uh, yeah, something happened. I don't know. They, they flipped the coin, and, and the Kings call heads, and and they won that game. Uh, we don't literally talk what, about that. what it was. That's literally what it is. And then they lost 2-1 to one Anaheim, which Anaheim does not score goals regardless. So, the and also, if you want to go back a little, a little further than that, if you want to go back to oh, – actually, no, never mind. They, they were scoring – this is the fewest goals that they've scored all season. Mm-hmm. I think like the last time, okay, they scored, they lost two to one against the Habs like a month ago, 
that game where they completely just folded in the third. Uh, but they've scored at least two or more goals in almost all of their games this season. The only time they, like, I think looking at the, the record by now, like, okay, they scored. I'm trying to think of, like, okay, let me look at it this way. I, this is going to sound very unorganized, but I'm actually really curious. That's why I'm looking it up. So they've only the only time that they have scored less than two goals was uh, a 6-1 loss against Pittsburgh, which was Mike Babcock's second last game as, as Leafs head coach. Uh, oh, the the Kasky Swole game. The Kasky Swole game. Kasky is Swole. it Kasky Swole or Kasky It's, Ka- it's Kasky Swole. It's not Kaskasuo. I don't know who. Like, I think the man came out and even confirmed this. So, yeah, they, he. I heard like, like I don't know. I've heard a bunch of out. different ways from a bunch of people who I thought were legitimate sources on the on the issue but yeah it's like uh what other name gets mispronounced a lot in the league like while we're on that topic now um cody cc gets mispronounced because yes i know i'm being a snobby italian person right now it's chechi <laughs> if you want to get really? technical with it i mean I, I, okay depending on what area of the world you're from people will not <laughs> say that no no i'm not I, don't expect anyone to say it either. I just, just like literally every time, like I'm watching the Leafs game and my dad's in the room or something, and they say CC. He's a, he always has to correct the. the I think my, the, my whoever my the commentator is that night. Yeah, I think my dad did it too once. But I can't mm-hmm. even remember. Um, speaking of names that are really weird, before we get back to the Leafs, there was one player. I think he was with the Bruins organization. I think his name was like Kokolechichev or something like that. I can't remember. His name. So the, Finns, like, the Finns have the best names. Let's be oh, honest. Oh, they do. They really do. I think like Finns like, and Swedes. One really, of my favorite ones, also a Finn, is a uh, pear juice. Pear juice. Yes. Dude, that should have been literally like friggin' like I know Christian Jews was with Washington. No, and then there's now. a there's like a, a is a is a pear juice as well. I don't remember what teams he played on, but I just remember the name. Okay, I'm really curious to see. Like, it's like, I'm but curious it's like to see. Spelled E A R, but it has the two the accent above the A, those two dots, so it's pronounced it, pear. Is his last name D J? Yeah, spelled the same way as Christian Juice. Okay, let me let me let me take all his cards. Okay, so he played literally 82 games in the NHL, 33 points in those games. He was, I mean, his first, okay, uh, I mean, he wasn't great. Like, he had, his career high was 19 points, and his career high in goals was one. He was literally an extra forward. He has two goals and 31 assists in 82 games, which in this day and age is like the equivalent of a third-line player or even a fourth-line player, depending on how deep you are. Par, par, dude. Like, can you imagine if he was successful and, like, he, like, liked eating fruit? Like, he would literally just be in so many, like, healthy living, healthy active commercials, just eating mm-hmm. pears. That would just be, that would just be goofy. But every single one of thing my, uh, One of my favorite me. names growing up that I always used to make make fun of with my cousin was, uh, oh, what was his name? What was his first name? I can't remember his first name, but it was Afeniganov from, uh, from oh. Buffalo. 
Maxima Vinoganov. Yeah, but I used to pronounce it to, to shit when I was a kid. I used to be like off and on a golf. <laughs> I mean, it's not far off. There were two names that I loved. One name that I loved was, uh, used to play for the Sharks, Jonathan Chichu. Yes. Because that name I did a project was... on him in grade three or grade what could you four. Possibly one of those do two. Jonathan Chichu? What could uh-huh. you possibly do on him? Because we were doing doing a project famous um first nations people and he was one of them oh, you remember oh, oh. my teacher gave us a list of people we could do and i just picked a picked someone who was a hockey player because of course i did and uh yeah that was it dude this guy really had a decent like this guy had the he, was, he was a 50 goal scorer one year he had 93 points in 0506 and then he yeah. like he, he, the decline on his numbers looking right now are crazy. It goes 56, 37, 23, 12, 5. And then he went mm-hmm. AHL and over to Russia. And he yeah, has the, yeah I remember the, uh, the, his nickname was, he had the, one of the best nicknames in hockey, the Chichu Train. Yes. It was amazing. Like, we yes. need more people like that. Like, that mm-hmm. literally, that sold tickets. Because people would say, hey, it's the Chichu train. And then you can literally just, like, it sucks, like, he wasn't around, like, when Photoshop was, like, at a peak. Because, like, he would, yeah. would I just imagine him on, like, a... Like a imagine him in entry. hockey Twitter, if there, when if he was around then. Oh, for mm-hmm. sure, yeah. I, I'm, like, I think, like, in my head, like, I'm thinking, like, you know the Simpsons episode? Like, the Valentine's Day episode where, like, Lisa gives Ralph the, the Valentine. It's, like, I choo-choo-choose you. Mm-hmm. I'm just imagining that, but with his face, and I'm just like, yes, please, <laughs> please make that happen. Or like yeah. Thomas, like like a really like weird looking Thomas the Tank Engine. Another name I used to like was when uh, UC Jokinen used to be sick, and he'd always score like these like nice goals, and and it on the I remember on the Sports Center every morning when I'd watch it, they'd be like, "Did you see Jokinen?" Because like you get it. Like, oh, ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, but ha. like. But like yeah, I always found that kind of kind of funny as well. Best name by far is Jake and Smallwood. The best yeah, name. Yeah, there's a lot Jake of Smallwood. Smallwood. In, in yeah, sports. Smallwood man. Smallwood, <laughs> Wellwood. You just need hardwood. Is that a Kyle Wellwood reference? I haven't yes. heard that in years. Uh, this has literally just turned into like a friggin' like nostalgic episode. <laughs> it right has. Now. Anyways, back to the Leafs. So, oh yes, God. The Kasky Soldier bad thing yeah they, they lost 6-1 that was the game that Kasky Swell got in and they just said well welcome to the show kid then they had that 6-1 loss against Philly which was like the first egg they really had under Sheldon Keefe and then they had that 3-1 loss to the Avs which was kind of goofy but whatever well, 3-1 um, to the Avs is respectable they're like then, at the time too they when they were healthy right then then 2-1 to the Flames this is in January um yeah the two the two, the two Philly, the Philly and the Colorado game was in December, uh, the beginning of December, and then the uh, uh, the Pittsburgh game was uh, the middle of November, which which Mike Babcock was fired on November twentieth. It is almost been what four months now. My God, it's been All crazy. Right. And then the last time that they scored only one goal was uh, against Montreal, February eighth. That was the game where Jack Campbell stood on his head and took the blame. Which, can, can we just say, like, Jack Campbell's, like, the nicest guy? Like, his team literally didn't show up, and he's like, 
you know, it's my fault. Uh, I should have had some of these. That Those are on me. And I'm just like, dude, you had no chance on them. What are you doing? Stop. We, we need to protect Jack Campbell at all costs. He, he's this, just, this um, I, I, I can't say anything, like, enough about him. Like, he's just, it's just amazing. Like, <laughs> you see him on the bench, has, like, whenever yeah, he's sitting potential. on the bench and if Anderson's playing, he's probably, like, always the old guy, like, cracking jokes. He's patting the players on the butt as they walk on, on the bench. Hey, good shift, boys. Good shift. You know, he's giving them there. giving them water. He's just, he's just like Mr. the team mascot. Happy. Yeah. Dare I say, future Maple Leaf starter? Um... But yeah, like I think definitely looking at like like Jack Campbell is the positivity that this fan base needs because I'm gonna okay I'm I'm gonna say a proclamation if you're a Leafs fan and you're watching a game don't go on Twitter like that's just me yeah even though Twitter's a drug and you <laughs> I find it funny because my dad's always like you're not even watching the game but it's because i'm on twitter during the game just seeing what other people say yeah scrolling yeah Yeah. i've done done i'm like and i'm like yes i am i'm just following along on twitter too (laughs) yeah he just just gives me these looks i'm just wanting Mm -hmm. to friggin throw my phone at the tv and just like take care of both solutions because they both suck um but yeah like Okay, yeah, go ahead. I think this yeah, I was is say, with this you road trip. Yes. Sorry. This road trip. Yeah, with this road trip, I just find it like, like very weird because for the longest time this whole season we've been saying, cool, they can score goals, but they can't play defense. Let's play defense. And then for a minute everything was looking good, and then all of a sudden Anderson started to suck, and we had Hutch. So it was like, shit. Now we need goaltending too. We have no goaltending in defense, but we can score a hell lot of goals. And now it's like, cool. So now the goaltending looks like it's back, not on wood. And uh, now, like, the defense has tightened up, especially considering that we're missing our top two defensemen. And it's looked pretty good. Like, those are low scoring games for the most part out west that I thought the defense did pretty good in. They're also bad teams, keep in mind. But again, we're missing our top two defensemen. So. It looked like everything now is figured out, but then it's like, where the fuck did the goal scoring go? It's literally like this. The best way I could describe it is, it's like this team, in all honesty, like it's. I think I said this on like one of the the nosebleeds show or one of our last shows. This team is a college student. Like, think about it. This this team, like they say, like you're in college and you have multiple courses that you're responsible for, and they're good in like two courses but then one course you start to fall behind so then you you focus you make it a priority focus on that one focus on that one and then oh excuse me after that one another one starts to struggle a little bit say you fail another test and then as soon as you get those two figured out then the third one that you were consistent and you take a little bit of a dive so like i don't know where this team is going but it's not good like, I don't, like, if they can just be able to figure everything out, this team can be anybody that gets put in front of them. They can go on the long run. And, like, that's what's so frustrating about this team, too. That's why you don't want to just give up on the season. Because, cause like, you, you still think that, like, 
they'll get into the playoffs. Like, I think that's almost guaranteed at this point because Florida's been so shit. And then, like, you can just, like, see them. Like, like it wouldn't surprise you at all if you think, like, oh, cool, look at that. They're in the conference finals now because that's this team is just – will go hot for, like – Remember, what was it? Sheldon keeps, like, first 30 games or something. They were, like, unreal. They're the best team in the Yeah, exactly. And I think, like, the best, like, it's so easy to be like, oh, this team can beat any team on any night, which they can. Like, I think it's it's pretty, like, the league is still very unpredictable. Like, you know, I hate to bring this up again because I'm sure people are going to, like, you know, bitch and moan about hearing this again. But, like, you know, no one predicted Tampa was going to lose four straight in the playoffs last season. No one thought Tampa would lose a game last year, let alone four straight. And then and then no one thought that St. Louis would win the Stanley Cup last year. So it's like, you know, people want to can't just give up on them. Exactly. But, like, here's my solution for, like, like I think with the Raptors, who we'll get to later, but with them – being on the role that they're going on and the fact that their their playoffs start later because they start in the middle of the, uh, of April instead of the, the beginning of April, it gives people a fail-safe because they're going to say, okay, this team is struggling. I'm going to go over here to this team that's proven that they can win, and I'm going to go invest my time in them. Like I think I mentioned this before. Like It is – so sad the fact that it's so sad that like literally it's gotten to a point where like uh every other franchise under the mlse umbrella has won a championship except one and it's the one that arguably gives them historically the most money like it's it's so stupid to me like with Mm -hmm. Like, I guarantee you, you know who was probably pissed off the day of the Raptors championship parade? Kyle Lewis, because he's probably like, oh, shit. I'm I mean, I don't think now. so. He's, he's a big Raptors fan. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, mean, I see the point you're making. It's Yeah, it's like in his heart, he's like, damn, this is this is great. Like, I think this is a great, you know, thing for the city, for the community, blah, 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 whatever. But then in the back of his head, he's like, shit, I'm next. Because, like. To me, yeah, I like all the pressure's like, on me now. Yeah, and like to me, this team's running out of like the fan base ran out of patience last spring because of the whole game seven incident again. Uh, but to me, if they like, Dubas has got to be as impatient as everybody else. But you know, a general manager can only do so much. It's the team yeah. in front of him. Well, that's why, like, I get so annoyed now. Like, after every single loss now, like, this fan base cannot handle a loss. Like, teams lose. It happens all the time. Even the best teams lose 20 times a year at least. But it's just, like, this team cannot handle a loss. Every time you log on to Twitter after a loss, you see Fire Dubis trending. And it's like, what what the fuck do you want him to do? That's, he can't that's go all bad. down there. Yeah, but, like, he can't go down there. Like, I, I know that he's just, like, a troll account or whatever but there's people who actually like believe like what he says and like think it's it's true and all that and like and like what what do you expect him to do he can't handle how they play day in and day out he gives you the tools 
he gives the tools to the coach to be like, okay, here you go. But I don't even think it's on the coach. I don't even think it's on Sheldon Keefe at all. Like, like I, it's like it's, it's it's between the ears. Like, I don't know what it is exactly, but like, you know what like, it is. You know what I think it is. It's anxiety. This team is scared to make a mistake. And one of the things that sucks a lot about anxiety is that it consumes you to the point of you're so afraid to make the mistake that you're going to end up making the mistake because you're too worried about, you know, and you're assuming that it's going to happen. Like, you know what? Like, that's almost like what, what Steve Dangle said. Like, he made a really good point. I think it was after the Kings game in his LFR. He was saying, like, oh. I remember like lot like two weeks ago it was saying how oh, this team doesn't care they don't try and like and like they just fold he goes like I don't see that with them like anymore like you can see that the effort is there and they're trying and they actually give a shit but it's almost like they're trying too hard like Marner's been fumbling pucks like like for the last two weeks now like it's like almost like he's holding his stick a little too tight and like like you said like a little like too too scared to screw up so he's like He's like playing not to screw up, which is not a Mitch Marner style like style of play, and it's just like it's just which, like they, go ahead. And yeah, and like with this, I think like it's also showing like with you know the fact that he's still 22, and I think what really people are gonna look at, and I find the people that are the most scrutinized on this team are the players that are 22 and under or at least within their early 20s. Like, okay, John Tavares aside, who I will rant about in a second because I just need to get this off my chest. But, like, you know, Matthews is 22. And, like, people on the radio – like, I was listening to the radio on on 590 today, and they were like, how much do you want to bet that Matthews would have over 46 goals? You know, he'd have more than 46 by now if if they were playing better. And I'm like, okay, that's true. But 46 goals is still – Again, 46 Who is that, second most in the league? Like, two behind the Yeah, you're, league you're, two, you're one behind Ovechkin and two behind Pasternak. You're three up on the friggin' player that's going to go and win the Art Ross and Dreisaitl. You're three goals ahead of him, not three points. Mm-hmm. It's a three goal. Like, like what do you do? Like, and, like, Matthews is in the top ten in scoring. He's got 79 points. He's a few He's points back. He's not the guy... And also, I have to say, his defensive game, especially over like the last month or two, has been like, has been like very good. Like, he's turning into a, he's turning into one of the best two-way centers in the game. Like, I'm just gonna come out and say it. A lot of people don't want to say that, but like, he's so good with like his stick checks and all that. And like, he's been he's been playing with a lot more urgency lately too. Like, he's you see him like getting more physical and stuff too. Like, using his his big body that like. I think he's finally discovering how much bigger he is than most other players in the league. Yeah, and, like, the reason why he wasn't playing as physical before is because, like, you know, his first, well, okay, his first season he was mostly healthy. Actually, he was healthy. What am I saying? Um, But, like, seasons two and three, before his extension kicked in this year, like, he was banged up a lot. Like, he had a shoulder problem. Yeah, that nagging shoulder thing, yeah. Yeah, he had, like, a shoulder issue. He had uh, issues with his wrist at the All-Star break. Uh, I think he had another injury. I could be mistaken. I think it was primarily just shoulder injuries yeah. because he was battling through it in the playoffs too a few years ago, uh, which was bad, obviously. Um, but yeah, like when he's healthy, like he's he's good. Like even McDavid, yeah. like McDavid's, McDavid's pretty big. Like he's fast. 
He can, you know, move the puck. He's good in his own end. And one of the things that I think he does the best is, you know, he's smart with the way that he, you know, he really makes plays. Matthews isn't the most, you know, I don't want to say the most gifted player, but right now I would argue he is the number – he's definitely top five in terms of centers in the league because I still think – like Because like I, I, if I had to pick a top five, it would probably go McDavid, Dreisaitl, McKinnon, Matthews, and then – Bergeron? Yeah, possibly. Or I'm trying to think of who else. I think right oh, now... Oh, uh, Barkov? Yeah, I was just about to say Barkov. I think Barkov makes the most sense because of his defensive play. Um, like, honorable mention, I think Mika Zibanejad gets up there now because, like, he looks like he's God, considering he's going to hit 40 goals. Guess who traded him in fantasy? You. Yep. I know you said that in the group chat, and I'm just like, wow, you really, you really blew it there. Uh, my I'm, team was in last anyways. Any draft picks? That was literally like in uh, I think like last like for first year in our uh, our program we had a fantasy uh, hockey league and I just tr- I ended up trading McDavid away because I was so dead in the water. Actually no no I didn't trade McDavid away I traded away uh, I had Matt Barzell I traded him away I had a bunch of other people I think I had oh I traded away Mark Andre Fleury like an idiot. And I think I got, like, Corey Crawford back or something, and, like, he just sucked. And I gifted him to the first-place guy, and I'm just like, okay, where's my share? Like, I deserve it after you friggin' – I gave you that win. Uh, okay, so, but, um, I, but that's besides sorry, the point. So going back, going back to the Leafs, like, I was listening to the radio today. I was listening to, uh, to Good Show with J.D. Bunkus and uh, Ben Ennis, and they were talking about it um, – like, what they have to do with this team, like, in the offseason, what would Kyle Dubas' plan be? And, you know, of course, they went to, oh, you got to trade someone in the big four. Like, who's, what's a contract there that, what's a contract there that you can, like, get rid of because it's either too expensive so you can't fill out the rest of your roster or it's just not working. And it's like, which one of the four? Like, like none, it makes sense to trade none of them. Like, well, okay, I'm talking let's... about of Tavares, Nylander, Marner and Matthews. I guess this kind of segues into my Tavares rant. I think I mentioned this before. I, I, I feel like I'm backtracking on a lot of the stuff I say before, but I was in class one day. And this guy, I had Cat Friendly open because it's one of my, it's it's my hockey Bible. I literally read it every night before bed. Um, hmm. But I, I had the least page open because this was, this was, I think, after when was it they, they, it was when they made the trade for dennis mulgan i can't remember what game they played it might have been it was oh it might have been was it the tampa game it might have been before the tampa game so i think oh i know what happened it was the uh it was the david Ayers line and of course as every other non-leaf fan would do they ripped us a new one and then this team traded for dennis mulgan and i'm like okay show me more and they didn't really show more obviously going into the deadline but the guy literally looked at like he pointed right at Tavares's name and he's like they should start listening to offers and I just went like I literally I smacked the desk and I was just like 
you can't move eleven million dollars like that, and you're not retaining salary. So there's like that contract you're stuck with. And here's another thing that I'm perplexed about with, with Tavares's game. Tavares has 58 points in 62 games. Explain to me how that's bad. Like seriously. And he plays. He plays a good, a solid defensive game too. I think what happened. I don't know. And he elevates if, everyone else around him. I don't know if. I think this team started to turn on Tavares after the regular the season or, last or, year. Or the fan base. Oh, I, I mean the fan base. Sorry, but like yeah, okay. the fan base. Tur- the reason why is because they looked at his stats last year. It was two. It was two things. One, they looked at his stats last year and they thought. Oh, he scored 47 goals. Oh, he had 41 assists. He had almost 90 points. Like, that's a good season. But then, since people that don't understand hockey, sorry, I'm not a genius at it either, but people who don't understand hockey are like, oh, Tavares was awful in the playoffs. When literally, he was, he had five points in seven playoff games. The quietest. He played on the shutdown line. Yeah, he was tasked with shutting down Bergeron. And uh Marshawn. Exactly. So when you're playing the top line and you're trying to shut them down, offense isn't really your your number one, you know, and I priority. saw something that like he led the team in defensive zone starts or right. something that series. So it was like obviously he's not gonna generate much offense if he's starting every single shift in the defensive zone because he's trusted to stop all those guys and he still put up five points in seven games. Exactly, and like he's played in fewer games. Like the, the team as a whole has played, I think like what 67, 68 games. Like, yeah. And he missed a good, you know. He broke his uh his yeah, wrist or his finger, sorry, right? He, he played sixty nine. They played sixty nine games. Sorry, which is the best nice. number. Amazing, but like yeah, he played sixty only sixty two, and he's almost at a point per game pace, which I don't know. And, like, people were freaking out that they didn't score. A, okay, they didn't score in three games. Big whoop. Do you want to talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins within their last few games and how good they've been? Didn't they lose, like, six straight after or something? Yeah, okay. This is the Penguins going into the trade deadline, okay? I'm, I'm going to go and pull this up because there's this one guy in my, in my program who's from Bradford. He likes to talk shit, okay? So going into the deadline, the Penguins lost after that 4 nothing loss to the Leafs. So counting that, 2 Four, six straight going in, six straight going in, no, not into the deadline, because the deadline was the 20, it was the 23rd. Okay, so going into, no, it was the 24th, sorry. No, wait, I'm I'm wrong. It was the 24th, yeah. I'm, okay. I'm losing my mind. Because okay. I'm look, I'm in February, and I'm looking in March, and I'm like, wait, what the hell is going on? Um, but yeah, so February 24th, going into that game, they lost three straight against the Leafs, Sabres and Capitals. Each game, they, and they allowed 14 goals in total in those three games. They allowed five against Buffalo, five against Washington, and four against Toronto. They scored. They were outscored 14 to five. And then you ask what they did at the deadline. Well, Jim Rutherford likes nostalgia. I guess. I, also, just a side note. Why do GMs who want to try and win the Stanley Cup always make like nostalgia moves? 
like I mean, the Black... after the Blackhawks, it's really yeah, worked I, I out was, for I was them. Just about, yeah, I was just about to go on to that. Like, okay, you go out and you trade for for Brandon Saad, and you give up a guy who's currently like top ten in the league scoring right now. And I think there were even rumors about moving Saad at the deadline, which would have been funny. I but think, you bring. Um, I think it's just a GM that just has exhausted all options and doesn't know what else to do. So it's like, well, let's bring the band back together. Like, okay, I'll give credit where credit is due. Connor Sheary has four points in seven games with the Penguins. So it's clear he missed the team. It's clear he wanted yeah. to stay here. He probably didn't want to get moved to begin with, which is why when he went to Buffalo. Well, I mean, Pittsburgh's better than Buffalo. so Exactly, yeah. So it's more of an inclined play. And they got speaking of uh of trade deadline, there's just one move that just makes me laugh out loud every time I, I remember about it. Is the the Sabres trading for Wayne, Wayne Simmons, Simmons because he wanted to be on a competitive team. And now I New honest, Jersey is, is has more them. points than the Sabres. I honestly thought that he signed with Buffalo because it was like an hour and a half away from Scarborough. I heard that was literally like one of the reasons why he waved to go here because he's like, okay, like, you know, we're playing I heard it was home. because he wanted to be competitive, and at the time the Sabers were what, like, four points out or something. I can't remember specifically, but I think they were like, they weren't totally out of it, but they were like not in but it they, either. But if they strung together a few wins, then they could have made some noise. Exactly, and then they just completely shat on it, like, nope, no, thank you. We're no playoffs again. We're going to let everyone get fired. Um, <laughs> but they probably won't get fired, let's be real. They're probably going to keep Botterill at least going into the draft. Um, and then you ask, what did the Penguins do else at the deadline? Well, they got Patrick Marlowe, who is the Leafs' dad, and Evan Rodriguez, because sure, why not? Do you want to know what? the penguins did in california i'll tell you what the penguins they did got in swept as well no yeah here <laughs> here's where the double standard on hockey teams are just perplexing on one hand you have a team in the leafs that lost three straight against the ducks oh my god they, they should be able to kill or not the ducks what am i saying against the california road trip i, I can't even speak english anymore um, but yeah, they lost three straight against California teams who are all on the bottom of the league. Oh my God, this team, this team, they lost their offensive scoring. You know, they, they can't get it done. You know, Anderson and Campbell let them out to try and blah, 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 whatever. And then you look at the Penguins who had a very similar record. Okay. They scored more goals than the Leafs, like big whoop. They still got outscored. Just one category that matters is the you know, one goal. You, you want to you know the, the goals for and against ratio that Pittsburgh had in those three games? It was 10 to 3. They scored three, and they allowed 10 goals. And you want to know who scored those games? Or in those games for the Penguins? I'm actually very curious, too. So that's why I'm going to look at the box score. Because I have a funny feeling that looking at these box scores – it's gonna be a lot of the same. Like I feel, like I feel like it's gonna be a lot of the same. Like okay, let's look at it this way. They lost two one to the Kings. The only person that scored a goal that game was Brian Rust, who was their arguably their best goal scorer this year, and that's only because Crosby was injured. Okay. 
yeah, and Malkin too. And Malkin too, yeah. Over a big over a big stretch, it was Brian Russ. Then you go to the Ducks game. Jason Zucker twice scored against the Ducks. And that was that. So only two players showing up on the score sheet. Then the on the Sharks game, nobody showed up whatsoever. And the Penguins have also allowed, within their last two games, 11 goals against uh, Washington and Carolina, uh, five and six against both of them, respectively. This team, like, you ever, like, see a team that gets, like, buyer's remorse, where, like, they go and they add so much at the deadline, whether it's, like, in quantity or in quality, and then everyone's like, oh, man, like, you know, they're watch out for them. They're going to be good in the playoffs, and then they just kind of suck. Oh, yeah. Like, I think I saw that a few years ago with um, with the Avalanche. Like, I think they got, like, Mikhail Bodker. They got, like, a bunch of other names. Obviously not the sexiest names in the world. And the But the Avs, like, didn't even come close to the playoffs, which I think I brought this up on the last – like, one of the last Nosebleeds show. I think it was 15-16. The Minnesota Wild made the playoffs – that season with actually, no, that wasn't the season I'm looking at. I think it was 16, 17. Yeah. I, I, I did 15, 16. What the hell? Yeah. You want to know how bad the 15, 16 season was? It's Minnesota, terrible. Minnesota made the playoffs with 87 points. Yeah. Over, Colorado was literally Colorado had 82, which was sad. The central division were, so you're Leafs, saying the Leafs were only 13 points out of a out of a playoff spot that year, yes! theoretically. And you want and you don't want to know what's even <laughs> and they, sadder. And they got Matthews. And you want to know what's even sadder? If you look at the goals against that year, the Leafs had almost as many goals against as the Red Wings did, and they almost and had the as Red many Wings goals. Made the, the Red Wings were horrible that season. Like oh, that, like the last season that they made the playoffs. I don't know how they did. It should have been the Bruins, but the Bruins had Tuka Rask, who was like kind of bad but kind of injured. And I remember that season because they had Jonas Gustafsson as their backup, oh, yeah. which feels like forever ago. <laughs> the monster. Yes, who scored a goal like a year or two ago in the AHL, but uh, yeah, that's uh, in North America. I don't know what North America, but I think in. As far as like professional hockey, I think he's still playing overseas. Uh, if I were to check right now, he yeah he's still playing. He's playing in the Swedish Hockey League, where he's got a record of 14 wins and 17 losses. But he has a 9.17, which is the I think the best of his at least professional hockey career. Of course, he's probably just on a really bad team. Yeah. I don't know uh, how Link Copings, HC in Sweden. I don't know. I'd probably butcher that name. I have name. no idea. Speaking of uh, former Leafs and Bruins goalies, I remember last time I checked in on Andrew Raycroft in he's his playing career. Now he's a broadcaster. But I remember last time I checked dibs on him when he was still an active player, he was sporting a, an 880 or something like that in the Italian second division. Um, you were thinking differently. In in the Italian A division, he had a oh, nine. Eight, he had a nine. He had a nine eighteen. I remember there was 
Okay, there he must played, have been a time played, where he played in Sweden. I remember he played in Sweden and he had an 8.96. I think that's what you're referring to, right? Okay, yeah, maybe that was it. And then I just saw Italian league there, and then just got all jumbled up in my head. You know how sad it is knowing that Andrew Raycroft like won the Calder in 2003-2004. Like you know how weird that is looking back at it. Now? And then just his career was a. His playing yeah. career, at least, was a giant fart noise after that. Coach for the University of Connecticut for two years. I don't know, like this guy. This guy's done it all. Like he went from like professional goalie to like assistant coach to broadcaster. Like the dude, if the dude had a legitimate like actual resume, like it would be pretty big. Mm-hmm. Which also, I, I wonder, like, can you imagine, like, if pro? I think like someone brought this up to me, like one of my friends who, like, isn't in the sports, she was just like, do, do, like, do athletes have resumes? And I was just like, like, it, at first I was like, I don't know. At first I was like, that's such a stupid question. Why would you ask that? But then I thought about it, and I was like, yeah, do they? Because, like, I know, I, I think I saw People Nikita, just know. Nikita Zaitsev was on LinkedIn. I think he still is on LinkedIn, but he hasn't updated his profile because it still said he's, uh, he's a member of the Leafs. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a uh, funny. You should send him a request. I I'm still waiting for a request from Brian, Brian Burke, man. I got a bunch of other people. I didn't get Brian Burke. Pissed about that. <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna go ahead and pose a leaf related question because we go ahead. We, I feel like we literally are dancing on this team. Out of this entire team, from top to bottom, and no, you can't say Cody CC as an answer. Which player would you be okay with the Leafs getting rid of next year? Okay, so like in oh, terms I should, of trading I away? Like, or, yes, only in terms of trading away. So guys like... to walk in free agency. Okay, so I'll, I'll trade away. So guys like okay. Barry, Barry, Clifford, and uh, Spezza are off limits and CC as well. So those three are off limits. I'm also like RFA. Uh, RFAs are on the table because you can trade their rights. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, minus those so, three. Who goes? Um, no one from the blue line without those names because I think they're pretty happy with what they have there when healthy. Plus, if they whoever the hell it is that they could possibly add during the off season. Um, so it'd have to be from the forward group. Um, I would say Andres Johnson, just because, like, I don't see, like, where he fits on the team. And he's still young and has a ton of skill and has a very high ceiling. So I feel like you could get some assets back for him as well. But then again, like, with his injury, like, what? Trying to trip great value does he have that or maybe Kerfoot but I've liked Kerfoot's game I know a lot of people on Twitter have been complaining about him but I don't I know think why that, they're using him I don't know why they're using Kerfoot as a scapegoat but people are and uh so I, I don't know I'm just gonna say Janssen if I had to pick off the top of my head like I think for I think every month it changes if you want to look on Leafs Twitter like I think like December, it was Janssen because he was injured. 
Um, and then January, February was capping in. Now it's Kerfoot. Like, it's almost like you literally spin, like, the, the Price is Right wheel and it'll land on a player. Uh, I think if I had to pick a player who's going to get traded next year that's of significance to this team, mm, it's really hard to say. My initial thought until recently was Travis Dermott because of how much the Leafs have on the left side. But now with guys like Muzzin and Riley out, he has become probably my favorite defenseman. And also you could probably put Dermott on the right if you need to in a certain scenario. Uh, I like the easy answers like Martin Marincin or Callie Rosen, but Rosen can be sent down and you can wave Marincin. It's whatever. Um, God, this is a hard. Why did I ask you, not realizing that you were gonna flip it back to me? <laughs> uh, you know what, Pierre Engvall. I do not really? think that Pierre Engvall is going to stay on this team past next season because he was a player who had shown a lot of potential. Last year, he had a good season with the Marlies. This year, he had a great little run with the uh, with the Marlies. He was over a point per game. They call him up like December, and, like November, December, even bits of January. He looked like he was a friggin' beast. He was kind of like Trevor Moore a little bit, except Moore obviously was playing on the fourth except line. More neck. Yeah. More, more neck, less more ass. More neck. Yes, more neck, less ass which I'm sure so much, someone probably has on their Tinder profile, I'm going to be honest. But I think, to be honest, like, with Engvall, it, like, the contract that he signed makes him eligible for the expansion draft next year. I mean, with the amount of forwards that the Leafs have, like, okay, you, you look at who they have in the minors, and, like, I could have easily said Jeremy Bracco, but obviously a big core piece and Engvall, like I would argue Engvall has been a big core piece for them, not just this year, but even for the last few years, because they they signed him. He was a Brian, he was a Dave Notice pick, if I'm not mistaken. He was picked in the seventh round. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's another uh Andreas Janssen circumstance. But like, you know, he doesn't make that much money. It's a roster spot that the Leafs could use for, you know, to be honest, a guy like Korshkov, I think makes more sense than Engvall, even though, like, I think they're both the same age, except Korshkov signed his AHL deal later in his career. Both players are very similar to one another in terms of, like, their stats. Um, But I think I have this gut feeling that this team, they won't trade Nick Robertson, who's their best defenseman. Um, if, you get, <laughs> nice if you get that reference, then you're you're my best friend. Um, they aren't going to trade Rasmus Sandy. They're not going to go and trade um, a guy like uh, who else am I thinking of? They're not going to trade Timothy Lilligren. What about Semyon Dargachinsev? Is that he's a, on on the table? He's he's been on a tear with the Peets this year. You want to talk about Nick Robertson? This guy is his center. He has 46 – actually, no, that's last year. He had he has 75 points in 55 games this year with the Peets in Peterborough. 
12 goals, mm-hmm. 63 assists. 63. Like Mitch Marner-esque. <laughs> now, I, I'm going to be honest. I don't think that Dubas trades this guy. But I think if you're confident in your core, you're going to have to part with these guys. Like, no one's going to want, like, okay, I'm not trying to knock these guys for their talent. No one wants Nick Patan anymore. Like, I'm sorry, but no, Nick, Nick, Nick Patan's value, unfortunately. Maybe at the AHL level, but. Or, or no, let me rephrase that. They could trade him, but not for the value that they feel that they deserve. Uh, another example, like, I don't think that they trade Adam Brooks. Or because, again, what can you get for Adam Brooks? He's an overager who is 24. Like, okay, they turned they turn Mason Marchman into Dennis Mulgan. That's it. There's there's nothing else that the AHL Marlies could really do. The only thing that they're hoping is that more Brago. defense. Yeah, that's the only thing. And I think he wanted to be traded too. But yeah. I don't know if they could, you know, the team didn't figure out a trade. I think in the summer, regardless, he's gone because he's going to be an RFA. So someone's going to probably go and sign him. Because uh, yeah, I know he probably, probably wants rights to. away for like a pick or something. Exactly. And then you look at the way that the, the Leafs are. Also, I didn't know. I'm trying to look at like who else. There really isn't that much that I can look at and be like, okay, this is where, you know, players are most likely going to get taken away. But like the way that this, like, I'm going to be honest, if the cap doesn't go up this year, this team's screwed. Because they're saying, okay, they're saying it's not going to be true that the cap is going between 84 and $88.2 million. So the best tweet that I read was it's going to be $83 million. Because this team, this league has high, high expectations and high ambitions, but they're not going to hit it. They're at like what, 81 and a half? They'll go up maybe to 83. Like they won't go up to 84. Ooh, that's a third liner. This is this is for who? I heard a third liner. Who was this in relation uh, to? No, 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 no. I'm saying like uh, the cap's going up like a million and a half. That's oh, a, that's that, a third that, liner. that is that is a third liner. You are correct. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, like. This league needs, in my honest opinion, the league needs the cap to go up because if the cap doesn't go up. In my honest opinion, the league needs to abolish the salary cap. Okay, but that's. Have a luxury tax. Or I understand the salary cap because it wants to benefit small market teams. But look at like the NFL and, and the NBA. Their salary cap is at least legitimate. But the only reason why the NHL can't be that way is because they're not making money. But why is it fair for the teams that do make money and they're not able to able to spend it? it like the thing is, you every sport you want the big you want the big markets to do well, so then that generates more money for the league, right? But you also have to keep in mind that this this league wants you know to expand. And the more that they expand, the more revenue streams they have. Like, look at how good Vegas has done. You know, look at how good Seattle potentially could do, even though the salary, even though the, um, what's some, what am I thinking about? The expansion draft is going to be a lot more uh, balanced than the Vegas expansion draft. Which, can we agree that the Vegas expansion draft was the 
cheapest expansion draft like ever. Yeah, there's teams trading picks to Vegas to not take this person. So Vegas was like, okay, we'll take this guy. And it turns out that guy would be better. Like, didn't the Panthers trade March or so? So they wouldn't take someone they, else? No, what what they did, and I'm trying to remember this off of, like, memory. Um, Hold on, let me just give this a second. I gotta search this up. Like, they gave somebody a sec. I think they gave them, like, a oh, third no, or okay, fourth okay. rounder Here, to take March the- or so. No, no, no. The deal was the deal was this. They took Jonathan Marshall regardless, but they also took Riley Smith. Mm. The trade the tra- trade was initially they picked Marshall, but they got a fourth round pick from Vegas for Riley Smith, which a fourth round pick and that's it. That's that's really dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, the stupidest trade for me that happened in that expansion draft was Pittsburgh granted them. Granted, the Vegas Golden Knights, I think a, a free, like a free third or fourth round pick for Marc Andre Fleury, which yeah, is here hoping. just take. It's like take one for, of the best goalies of this of, the, of this millennium like, off our on, hands. Just take, just take it. Just take it. We'll, we'll we'll pay for it later. Just take it. Which mm-hmm. also, speaking of Fleury, e, is he not having a good season? Nine oh five, worst save percentage of his career so far. Actually, uh, I think he had. Did he have worse? Like when he, I think he had worse when he first started. Yeah, he had like a nine, eight ninety eight in his first full year. Oh no, I'm thinking of something else. He, oh, oh three oh four eight nine six. Dear God, that was bad. Yeah, was, but I don't think there was many goalies too good at that time. <laughs> yeah, I would argue that. Um, but yeah, I think like. The Seattle one needs to be a lot more balanced. Like, you can't have teams mm-hmm. be like, can't decide who you keep and who you don't keep. Do you remember you when, the uh, list. when when Leafs Twitter was freaking out because uh, we lost Brendan Leipzig in, in the expansion draft? Yeah, dude, I was a big Brendan Leipzig fan. Like, he was doing really good with the Marlies. And now, like, I don't even, I think he's with, is he with the Caps? Just, let me Google it here. He's like a healthy scratch. I feel like an he's played 60, he's played Caps. 61, yeah, he's played oh. 61 games, three goals, eight points for, or three goals, eight assists for 11 points. Yikes. Mm-hmm. This guy, this guy I remember is being like, bad luck. I remember being like on Twitter after that, seeing everyone freak out about this guy. And I was like. This is a guy who's never had sustained NHL success yet in his career. Like, what are you guys all freaking out about? What did you expect them to take? It's funny. It's funny in a way because I'm looking at the way that, uh, you know, the teams are – I'm looking at the way that, like, you know, people are freaking out about it at this time. It's almost like, you know when you play, like, uh, franchise mode in the NHL games and uh, it's just like – you know, oh, it's it's fun because, you know, this guy's going to be like an 84 or whatever. Like, I remember, like, remember Taylor Beck? Yeah. Like, I remember Taylor like, Beck. He was, yeah, he was like, uh, I just remember he was supposed to be like elite in the game or something. Like, turn into it at least. Yeah, exactly. So, anyways... Let's bring this back to the Leafs because they're the most important uh, franchise in the world. Um, then, and then we'll wrap up the Leafs and move on to some Raptors and TFC talk. 
And why not throw in some Blue Jays as well? Um, sure. Um, so if you think that, so the Maples can agree that the Maple Leafs are going to make the playoffs, no? I mean, in the way that it stands right now, yeah. Yeah. But okay. it can obviously change. Like you look at the the going back to baseball, like the Cubs last season were supposed to make the playoffs and then they fell off so hard. Okay, so, well, like, barring uh, meltdown bigger than any meltdown that the Leafs have had this season. The Leafs are going to be in the playoffs. What? How far do you think they can make it this year? Uh, I don't know if this team's going past the first round. Realistically, if they do, it's going to be they they go and they have to play seven against most likely. Well, I don't even know who the hell they're going to play because like I'm looking at their the the standings right now and it's literally. Just okay. Realistically, it's going to be the Tampa Bay Lightning because Boston has six points up on Tampa. But like, I, I don't really know. Also, if the Leafs make the playoffs with like under ninety points, I'm going to be like laughing my ass off because like, of course, like of course this team. All right. So, want to hear my answer to that question? You're going to say yes, and they're going to win the cup, aren't you? No, I'm not going to say they win the cup. I'm gonna say they're gonna do. Cups. I'm gonna say they're gonna do a lot better than what people think. I just think this team, like, I don't know what it is, but I feel like once the playoffs starts, I just have this gut feeling that they're gonna hit another level. They're gonna have Riley back. They're gonna have Muzzin back. They're gonna have Mikheyev back. They're every. They're gonna be healthier. Knock on wood. They're gonna be healthier than they're they've been ev- than than they've been all season. Morgan Riley will finally be healthy and back to his old self. And they'll just hit another level. They, I feel like this is a year for for Austin Matthews. Like he wants to, he wants to be make a name for himself. Like he doesn't want to just be an afterthought when you're. Because like, have you, if you've ever talked about who you think the top five players are with in the NHL with non-Leafs fans, and you mention Austin Matthews, they laugh at you in your face and they say. They say, oh, he's not that good. He's, he's no way he's top five. I think he wants to prove everybody wrong. He's gonna hit a, he's gonna hit another level, even higher than the level he's playing at this season. And I just think they're gonna buckle down and like something's gonna something's gonna snap and they're like I don't know. Oh, it's got this gut feeling. I have a funny feeling this team is gonna be a lot like Columbus last year. Or like not even Columbus last year. Let's say this team's gonna be like themselves last year, where they literally stumbled into the playoffs like some drunk dude at a party, and then like game one they played probably their best game to that point up until game five. Because let's face it, game five was their their best game. Let's be realistic. Mm-hmm. But you know they were. This was a team that you know they went in the playoffs. Everyone expected them to get eaten alive. And they at least, at least, they beat the Bruins three times. Two in Boston, which was insane because I think, like, what? Every single time that the Leafs were in Boston, I think except for, I think like their record in Boston playoff-wise is, like, it's a negative record, I know that much. Because yeah. they lost, no, no, they won, they won game two and five in 2013. So that's two. 2018, they won games... Five 
So that's one. They only won one game in Boston. And then last year, they won game one and game five. So they've only won five games in TD Garden since 2013, which is not good. Mm -hmm. But then again, this team, I'm sorry, has not been good. But, oh, well, I guess we'll I guess we'll see. Well, like. Like you said, like they stumbled into the playoffs. They were playing terribly, especially the last two seasons going into the playoffs. And I feel like now the fact that they have to fight for a playoff spot is like is good for them. And they're gonna they're gonna bring that momentum into the playoffs. And uh, I don't know, they're just gonna hit a new level. And especially if they play Tampa Bay, I think that's a it's a better matchup for them than playing Boston. Oh, for sure, yeah, because, like, Boston at least knows playoff hockey because, like, they've been far. They have scars. They have players feel that like have been the, there multiple times. I feel like the, the Leafs can play their style of game more when, like, they can dictate the style of play more when playing Tampa Bay rather than playing Boston. Because I feel like whenever they play Boston in the playoffs, for the most part at least, they need to they need it to, uh, to conform to what Boston how Boston was playing. Speaking of Boston, can we just all, like, agree that, uh, what's it, uh, can we all agree that uh, Jack Edwards is the most obnoxious play-by-play guy in all of hockey? Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> like, yeah, there's not even, I don't have anything else to say to that because I agree 100%. Like, it's really, really hard to to judge that just because of how you know like this guy like did you listen to any of the sound bites against uh i did Tampa? i did like that was that was goofy and like the best is i think like a few years ago there was one where he was playing like they were playing the habs and he was just showing like how much of a homer he was like at least with joe bowen joe bowen gives the other team some some uh some credit. Yeah, because he's he's a he's a hockey fan. Mm-hmm. Well, it was really funny. One of my favorite Joe Bowen like calls, I guess you could say, was um, 2015, the first uh, goal that Bernier allowed, which was uh, the the goal from center ice. And like huh. on the on the radio broadcast, he was just Sounded like, "Oh, Bernier's so been playing well," and they mm-hmm. scored on him, and he's just like, "Well, take that back." And I'm just like. <laughs> Joey, I'm like, freaking Joey, you can't say that. But in my head, I'm like, he needs to say that because he's he's Joe Bowen, man. Like, he's, like, I don't know. Whoever hates Joe Bowen, like, I, I don't know. If you hate and Joe watch, Bowen, I hate you. Watch, like, one of my friends is going to be like, oh, well, Joe Bowen does this and that. I'm just like, no, he doesn't. You're just being, <laughs> you're just doing that to be obnoxious. So now, moving on from teams that lose in the west coast to teams that win in the in the west coast toronto raptors did they win their whole entire i don't think they won game one of that west coast yeah because they lost okay they beat the kings last night because we're recording this on and monday they beat night the, and they beat the um the, the, the warriors warriors but who did they lose to in that i think it was no it wasn't denver or was it denver no no it wasn't denver it was See how disorganized I am? No, I, no, I they did lose to Denver. Was that the last game they played before Golden State? I feel like it wasn't. 
I'm checking. I know that they've won uh, three straight. Now. No, it was it was Phoenix. So they lost to the Nuggets. And then they won against they, Phoenix. They, yeah, and then they lost. Sacramento. Won. So they won three straight, basically. Yeah. Uh, State. I would argue last night they had spurts where they didn't deserve to win, um, but they somehow won, which, hooray. Like, I guess that's how... Uh, I mean, they also know. won because of uh, the Sacramento Kings coach being stupid for not yeah. putting in Buddy Heald he was... being down three with 10 seconds left. I'm not a big basketball guy, but I know that he uh He, he won was... the three point contest and he's probably one of the best he's one of the better younger players in, in the game today. This is it's, it's like if the, the Raptors teams, right? it's like if the Raptors in, were down by three in the final minute and they didn't have Pascal Siakam in. That's what the equivalent Can is I just of. ask why Luke Walton is still coaching in, in basketball? Because like he was didn't didn't he only have a job just because like he was like LeBron's guy, and then he got fired, and then like obviously I think he went to Sacramento and like he had those allegations against him, or am I thinking of somebody else? I think it was um, uh, I think it was Luke Walton, but like he was animated last night. And a lot of the calls, like I don't even think they were bad. It was just like he wanted to be like that coach, and yeah. when I mean that coach, I mean like guy who like screams at the official like why aren't you giving my players calls when they clearly are not legitimate and you know blah 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 whatever that may be but like i i don't know it's really it's really odd looking at uh oops i didn't mean to i I was searching up random not i was searching up luke walton and then uh something something glitched on my computer it's like one of those things when you hit the chrome like i was hitting like browsers and like in the middle of the browser which will relocate me to that page and they were just closing and i was just like what the hell so i had to like completely hard reset my computer which was annoying but yeah getting back to the raptors um as of recording this both uh, fred van vliet and uh mark Gasol are sitting the game because load management is the smart thing to do children because if you have a back-to-back and your team is well as I don't want to say as stacked as the Raptors, but as well as comfortable, to, yeah, as comfortable and as well put together as the Raptors, then you 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 could take a few games off. Yeah, like that's uh, that's just me. I don't know. I'm sure. Like I think like the whole entire like isn't the NBA sick of this load management stuff, especially like with the whole things with Kawhi now that he's with the Clippers. Yeah. Um. They just want, like, I don't know. It's mostly just fans, like, blowing out of proportion because they're like, oh, I bought tickets to this game and and so-and-so's not playing. It's like, yeah, they're trying to win a championship. Yeah, like, it, it was a high risk, but it was a high reward because they realized, okay, if we make the playoffs, these guys are going to buy tickets no matter what. So it really just goes to show you how, you know, things occur. Like, you know, do you want to play the, the short game and risk injury or do you want to play the long game? It's mm-hmm. almost at the point right now where, like, okay, if the Leafs were actually better and they were playing to what their team should be, I would argue that you start Jack Campbell, like, the last stretch. Because, like, there's, what, after, tom- after tomorrow's game against Tampa, there's, like, what, 12 left? Yeah. Like, I would argue, say, split it, you know, 
eight to four. Give Campbell eight and give Freddie four. But like going back to basketball, like you, I think you can afford, you can afford to put guys on the bench because like especially like this Raptors bench, so many guys have like shown up. Like who who would have told you if someone told you like after Kawhi literally signed with the Clippers, like what was it January or not January July fifth he signed with uh yeah I think he signed with it. the Clippers and everyone was freaking out if someone told you that this team was going to rely on. T- Terrence Davis, uh, um, you know, like Terrence Davis, uh, Chris Boucher, Ron, you know, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, McCaw, uh, Patrick McCaw, Matt Thomas. Everyone would look at you like, what the hell are you, what the hell are you going on about? But every single game, someone new steps up. Like, yeah. literally. Like Sorry, last- I just punched my desk by mistake. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to respond to that. Like I don't, I don't know. know. Like I just went to go lift desk, my arm, and and the, the, uh, the desk was in the way. Be, I was gonna say that the desk deserved to be punched. Uh, my yeah. my thought was no, because I don't think desks deserve to be you know hit. Abused. Yeah, like I've heard of knock on wood, not punch the shit out of wood. Unless no, yeah, I, I just went to go move my arm, and the desk uh, put itself in the way. So, uh, <laughs> sorry, I interrupted. It's, uh, I don't even know what was going on about how this team, when, when one person steps, uh, when one person drops the ball. It goes back to the, to the coaching. Like Nick Nurse is a genius, and he's gotten everybody to buy into their system. It's a oh, simple, for sure. I'm going to say it's as simple as that, but I'm sure it's a lot more complex than that. But just that's how it looks like on like from an outsider looking in. And it's also like looking at Masai Ujiri, like you could like Masai Ujiri, you could agree. Like uh, what what was the name that I'm thinking of? Um, I'm losing my train of thought here. But like, you know, you could agree. Dwayne Casey was his guy and he didn't want to fire Dwayne Casey. But he had to put business ahead of friendship. And he's probably like, hey, we know you gave us a great season, but we're trying to win a championship. You know, I think it's time for a change. Which, that's the Casey, risk. Yeah, Casey was a lot like Babcock in a lot of ways. I know we keep on bringing oh, it back to... This is what, yeah, yeah. But this is where I want them to prove that statement right. Because they literally went, fired Babcock, you know, obviously different time periods because they didn't fire Casey mid-season, even though I'm sure, like, some people might have called for it. But, yeah. like, you know, they they fired him. They fired the coach of the year, and then they won the NBA championship. That, that to me, was ironic. And, you know, let's face it, the Leafs did not have the coach of the year. In my opinion, their coach of the year left – after 2017 because he had two good seasons where he helped turn the team around and then 2018 happened and they were great. And then they just, you know, pooed the bed, but like they filled their diapers. They did all the way up to the waistband. But, and then there's also like with looking at the Raptors and how they are put together, you know, it's not one person. And, I would argue that no one on the team is really overpaid. Like, who makes the most on that team? I think Marcus Saul 
because he signed this big contract, but he's been hurt for more than half of the year. And that's not even a contract that the Raptors signed. Exactly. Like, the only contract that this team, or the only two contracts that are relatively of big stature, or maybe three. Siakam? Yeah, they signed Siakam to his max deal in the the fall. And yeah, then, just before the season started. Yeah, and they extended Lowry, but it's at a reduced salary, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Or a slightly reduced salary. And I think, did they give uh, Fred Van Vliet his extension yet, or no? I think it's still pending. No. Okay. So, yeah, you've, you've only really dished out money to two players. Like, they, they went out and got, like, a bunch of players for, in NBA terms, not, like, nothing. Like, they got... Uh, Hollis Jefferson for like literally peanuts. Uh, Terrence Davis was like no one really knew what he was an undrafted free agent, so he's making yeah. like he, he's not too much at all. He's Fred Van Vliet 2.0, undrafted free agent, and then just turns into a god. Uh, this team literally signed Stanley Johnson, and this team is still doing good. How funny would it be if Stanley Johnson gets a ring? Like, I'm not trying to hate the guy. That's as funny as Jeremy Lin having one. Jeremy Lin having a ring is hilarious. Like, there's always that one guy who, like, doesn't – it's almost like – I remember, like, not to keep bringing up hockey. I feel like we do it too much. But, like, do you remember when the Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup in, like, 2015 and then Kimo Timonen played, like, maybe three games – and like played like maybe five minutes and then they benched him for the rest of the game and then he somehow won a cup. That's like kind of what I saw with Jeremy Lin. Like did Jeremy Lin even get a playoff game in? He I know he went on in the finals for a few game for a few minutes at the end of the game. I think it was one of the games that was like over in like the third quarter or something. That he was went on for like the last like like minute and it was it always oh, game seconds two. Or game, whatever. I think it was game two. Because what happened was is like if I remember this correctly, they, the Raptors won game one, pretty convincingly against Golden State. Game two, Golden State realized, hey, we're the Warriors and we're gonna go and kill them. And then Clay Thompson and Steph Curry dunked on us, and I think that was when they put Jeremy Lin in. And then. No, I think it was. Uh... Yeah, no, because game three. If I remember four, correctly, it was one of the road games that he went in. Then it must have been game either game three or game four, because I don't think he was in game six. No, he was not in game six at all. I think so it was it, game game three. Because I know it was a game that the Raptors were winning. Right, but they were winning. I think they were winning both games, and they weren't like trailing at all in those games, which just kind of goes to show you how, like, again, how deep that team was, but. I think what really makes this team special is the mindset. They're not literally, hey, we're down 3-0. You know, we need to win this game. Like, they're not playing it like a a do-or-die situation. They're like, hey, you know, we lost three straight. It's no big deal. We'll take it one game at a time. Exactly. Let's go out and let's, uh, let's win. You know, let's just win it. You know, that's what they were looking for. This team's calm. This team's relaxed. And, like, you know, you can't argue, like, oh, the coach was breathing down their neck and, like, doing this, this, that, whatever. You know, a coach can only do so much. Like, a coach can only do so much. A GM can only do so much. It's a player's 
drive and a player's initiative to prove not just to the to their fans to management but they have to prove to themselves that hey i'm worth this price tag like you see all the time especially in basketball like you always see a story like comeback player of the year who was that last year like i can't even remember like who was like like people have like down years all the time and then they're just like Mm -hmm. re like reborn like uh, I'm trying to think of like the the biggest example well, of it. Derrick Rose probably. Yeah, that's probably the most recent one because like you know there are times where you know people think that they're that you know players are cooked and then all of a sudden they just come back and and they're amazing. Like Dustin Brown with the LA Kings, like he was a, a meme because of the money that he made, and then like he's just like oh by the way I'm good now. You know, big part of their two Stanley Cups. Exactly. So, like, you know, I think when it comes down to, like, the Raptors, like, okay, realistically, like, okay, looking at the who they play in, in the playoffs, I have the uh, the, pre- the predicted uh, matchup on my phone because the score is a beautiful app, and they already have this. As of today, they're slated to face the – Brooklyn Nets. Tell me that they can't win that game. There's like, only one team in the East that I'm scared of the Raptors not beating, and that's Milwaukee. Any other team that Raptors would, can handle I in would, seven games. I would argue that, yeah, probably the same thing. I would argue the Celtics and Miami give me a little bit of like anxiety because they're both really good teams. Miami like, a little bit. The Celtics, eh, we can handle like, them. Out, out of, out of the, the remaining... Um, out of the remaining like uh, seven teams, aside from okay, six teams aside from the Bucks, like Orlando doesn't scare me at all. Uh, Brooklyn, especially without Kyrie or, or Durant, did not scare me at all. The Phillies, we shut them down basically this whole entire the Phillies season. or the the seventy six. Oh no, the Phil. Why am I saying the Phillies? Dude, like, this whole entire, like, show is just going to be me, like, being an idiot and just, like, butchering everything. The 76ers, I don't know why I had the Phillies on my mind. Mm-hmm. I guess, like, I was just looking at spring training highlights uh, before we started recording. Um, but the 76ers, we would kill, I think, because, you know, we, we've shut them down. And we once we shut down Joel Embiid, like... They're not really- a good... They're not a good team. They're a collection of good basketball players that are not a team. 76ers. They are this year's Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, The Celtics worry me a little bit because they're such a really good team. And like Kemba Walker is like a monster. Uh, And then Miami with with Jimmy Butler and and everybody else. Like they they're a good team. Like I think Miami has a realistic chance of going far. Like, okay, like obviously Jimmy Butler's uh, hurts. Also, they have. Am I, is it bad that I completely forgot that Miami has Andre Andre Iguodala? Like, no, I com- I completely forgot about that. Like I thought that they they traded him. I thought they tra- oh no they got him at the deadline I think because they, tra- yeah, they, they traded because they traded Iguodala to I think the Grizzlies or the Timberwolves. Yeah, then then there's that all that drama with him and uh, Jean Morant that they were going back and forth at each other on Instagram, and then. Uh, he said that he wasn't either trade him or he's not going to play in Memphis. So they traded him to the Heat. 
can we okay this is a general question that i i, I just kind of want to know who is more who are more dramatic football american football players or basketball players like that's a general question that like, i want everyone's opinion on i would argue both because there are some prima donnas in football and there's some prima donnas in, in basketball but i think more so in football because you know there's you know there's so much animosity like there's more testosterone but basketball's up there man like speaking of basketball and i hate to like kind of go on a different tangent um because this is obviously in a dip in a relation to like a whole world comment uh did you listen to lebron's press conference about the about the nba not playing with fans and what he said oh when he said he's either he, he won't play if there's no fans playing in front of him you know why he said that right he also looked like the good guy. No, 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 no. That's not okay. That's why. He, that's what he intended to say. But do you know what LeBron mm. really meant? He meant there's going to be no fans in the stands. There's going to be no money. There's not going to be as much money in my pocket as I like. I don't want this because if there's no money going into LeBron's pocket, which we've established, I don't know if it's a money thing because like his I, contract's his contract, and he's uh. But still, like he's you still know, getting that money whether fans show up or not. Well, well, even that, like regardless of that or not, they are literally like he's he's in he's with the Lakers as a publicity stunt. Like, and I'm not trying to hate on LeBron James because he's one of the best basketball players of all time. But again, you have to look at this and realize, okay. He could have went anywhere else. He was basically rumored to go to the Lakers like for months, even when he went to the finals to get with the Cavs. Like, I, I don't blame him. I'd do the same thing. If you told me I would have to join the New York Yankees, the LA Lakers, the Toronto Maple Leafs, or I don't know, give me another like really prestigious sport, like, organization okay the, the dallas, dallas cowboys yeah i was just about to say the dallas cowboys um manchester united sure why not uh if you told me that i would go and play for any of them i would do it because of how prestigious and how you know how much of a high regard they're you know people are held to i just okay. want to i just want to clear something up I would i would rather kill myself than put on a dallas cowboys jersey or any sort of apparel that has the Dallas Cowboys logo on it. Really? That bad, huh? I'm a Washington Redskins fan, okay? So Oh, okay, okay. I remember um one of my uh one of my profs who I saw uh today in, in class who was just he was the biggest he was so big on ripping us, even though like he in reality he loved us. Uh, he's retiring this year, uh, which really is a shame. Uh but I remember for our uh, our alumni event that we put together for our uh, for our program, uh, we had the, the football game going up on uh, you know the the lecture hall like right outside the lecture hall. There's that big screen in yeah. that in the concourse. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. We had um, I had access to that screen. I got to play around with it, which was fun. Um, I think I remember how to. No, do I remember the password? No, I don't remember the password. I think it was like nineteen. It was it was the year that the the school was founded. Um, but 
basically like we had the the, the Bills and the Cowboys were playing each other because it was uh, American Thanksgiving. Yes, and yes. the Bills were completely trumping the Cowboys. And like I was just like looking at him and I'm just like, eh, Bills aren't that bad. He's just like, yeah, but my team's full of shit, so who cares anyway? And I looked at him and I'm like, you're a Cowboys fan? He's just like, yes, unfortunately, I have bad taste in teams too. And I'm like, dude, like, there's so many other teams you can look at. And he's just like, no, I like getting my my uh, my heart broken. And I'm just like, wait, you have a heart? But then, <laughs> yeah, we're 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 mutual. We're very good mutual uh, acquaintances. But like, I mean, the cow. Can we can we agree that the Cowboys? Like they know how at least how to make money because Jerry Jones is a you know a big time spender. Oh yeah, I don't know what it is. Like they never put out, they almost never put out a good product, and they always are like, like getting all the prime time games and all that. And it's like the I, Leafs, basically like the Leafs. Yeah. Before I die, I want to go to AT and I want to go there because it looks so nice. And, like, I saw a video of, like, someone went to a suite in there, and I was just like, dude, like, if I had the money, I would so do it. Because, like, you know, just sitting there chugging down, you know, drinks and food to my heart's content. Like, that that's the way I want to go. If I died right there in AT&T Stadium, I'd be okay with it. That's too I'd many like, Cowboys uh, symbols. Um plastered into there for my liking <laughs> yes i really i really hate them i hate the cowboys so much i i couldn't notice i <laughs> i could have you could have fooled me you had me fooled um but i guess like before we wrapped up that wrap wrap i just up. saw this one second i just saw this uh thing on twitter somebody screenshotted a few trade proposals on uh, a few trade proposals for an on cap friendly. Oh no! It's a whole list of them. The, the very first one. I kind of want to see them now, and that's why I literally opened up Twitter on my laptop. To I'm the, so scared to look at them. To the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, fuck. Brett Pesci. Hey. Okay. Carolina gets. Carolina gets. William Nylander, and a second round pick. No. Want to hear? Want to hear this? Oh, this one's this one's even worse. Oh, to okay. the Montreal Canadiens. Oh, Jacob Christ. Slavin. To the Carolina Hurricanes. Get ready for this. This one. If it's, one's if, it's Shea, if it's Shea Weber, I'm walking away. This one's this. Oh, it's way better than that. To oh, the no. Carolina Hurricanes. Gary Alexander Price. Romanov. Nick Suzuki, a 2021 first, a 2022 second, and a 2021 third for Jacob Slavin. Sorry, what? Eric Carlson didn't even cost that much. But what? Jacob Slavin costs costs Hold that. Hold on. I, I, I'm curious. I want to look at uh, – where's uh, – I'm on Cap Friendly right now. I kind of want to look at, like uh, – so Here, I'll, I'm sending. I'm, I'll just send you that tweet so you can just. There's a f- bunch of trade proposals in that one image. Oh my. Okay, I have one that'll make you laugh. Okay, so this guy, 
decided to what would what would be a fair trade for the Red Wings and for the Sabers? So the Red Wings trade away a 2020 first round pick, Michael Rasmussen, Brendan Perlini, and Anthony Mantha for Jack Eichel. That that doesn't that doesn't work. Okay, and now here here's one. Oh my god, this one. This one's gonna be so okay, this one's gonna make you laugh, okay? So okay. this is a Carolina Toronto trade as well. So the Leafs get Jake Gardner nice. again. Okay. Joel Edmondson. Brett Pesci, like you said before, and Antony Honka? Anthony Honka? Yeah. I think that's what his name is. In exchange, the Leafs give up Pontus Aberg. Not too bad. Jerry Bracco. Not too okay. bad. A 2026 round pick. And Mitch Marner. <laughs> I knew I was waiting for it. Yeah. I I don't know. Okay, no, I want to see this one. This one's between Minnesota and, and uh, Vancouver, and it's titled A Hockey Trade. So you know it's going to be good. Oh, was, so, it, was it made by a, by, a, by a good hockey man? Oh, my. The trade, let me just say this. The trade is one for one. Oh, those the are tra- the best ones. The, the trade is Matt Dumba to the Vancouver Canucks for Brock Besser. Can you repeat that, please? Matt Dumba, who is a right-handed defenseman making $6 million, mm-hmm. or Brock Besser. And the trade is one for one. This was published this past Saturday at 4.30 in the afternoon, which That's... is close to happy hour. So I think we need to end it at that in our sloppy trade proposal section of this show. Yes, because hockey trades are the best. Oh, yes, they're the greatest. Hockey trades with hockey men. So, let's move on. Anything you want to say about the Blue Jays other than they're they're, they're playing spring training? Uh, (laughs) uh, I'm thinking, like, the... The best thing I could say for the Jays is like they're they're kind of like they remind me a little bit of the Leafs in, in twenty. They're reminding me perfectly of the Leafs in twenty seventeen or sixteen seventeen rookie season and all that, right? Yeah, when like they aren't supposed to be that good, but I think they could be that good if not better because of you know the fact that. Nate Pearson is a god amongst men. Yeah, the fact that Nate Pearson is the way that he is, and he's probably, let's be honest, he's going to be in the rotation, you know, at the the earliest late April. Because looking at the, like, the pitching itself has been good in the spring, except for Chase Anderson. He's just not been good. But, you know, again, it's spring training. You know, pitchers like Garrett Cole had a shitty outing like uh, a week or two ago which we completely destroyed Luke for, which was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, we uh, like anything can really happen in spring training. Like I remember Ryan Barucki like a few years ago, he kind of stunk in the beginning, but as time went on, you know, they he got his confidence back and like he really became, you know, the guy that we expected him to be, which was at least an MLB starter. But like imagining a rotation with Ryu. Pearson, Rourke, Shoemaker, and Trent Thornton. I I want to see that like very very badly. Like I will yeah, literally even like like Yamagachi. He could be well, in it if he starts to pick it up and like, like I know he hasn't had the best spring so far, but Anthony K is also a sleeper pick to make this rotation. He's been very good in the spring. I like him. Like I I, I like him. He's a ground ball left-handed pitcher, which is really rare, but. I kind of like that, that, and, like, I think his stuff is very interesting. Like, he's got a really good, like, he's got, like, really good breaking pitches. Uh, looking at the bullpen, I mean, like, okay, there's a few names where I'm like, okay, I understand it. Like, okay, Giles closing is obvious. Gavilio, I think, is going to be in the bullpen, which is, like, a late relief option is fine. Wilmer Font, I don't know how I feel about that. Thomas Pannone, I mean, you have no other lefty, really, so yeah. I, I, I don't blame that jordan romano looks like he's gonna be something like this i really guy, like him he's he's looking like he's gonna turn into something fun fact about jordan romano i'm sure you probably heard it on the broadcast he is actually uh a gta boy he yes i know he is little, actually he's from Marco, Ontario. he's actually friends with my sister's boyfriend <laughs> So I need a job like after I graduate. So can you uh can you hook a brother up? Hey man, let's see. Maybe <laughs> you could try to pull a few strings and grab a have him as a guest on the show. But that's very uh, I would, I would that's love- very hopeful. I mean, like obviously we'd have to keep it very uh, conservative because you know he obviously he's um you know he can't really say much because again he's still uh you know he's still well, i don't want to say he's a kid he's 26 but he's 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 fighting for his job and we yes. don't want him to lose his job mm-hmm. uh also am i the only one that completely forgot that sean reed foley is still with this team i can't be the only one that forgot that did well, i they're deep they're deep at the pitchers like they got a lot that they can choose from for the start starting five let me be honest even if they drop the ball this year which i don't know if they will i think they'll at least finish above 500 depending on how it goes i like the way that this team looks i do too and like okay looking at the al east like okay boston is not amazing they're not bad but they're not 2018 boston even last year they were still pretty good despite the fact they didn't have a bullpen but now you don't have David Price, which is worse. Mm-hmm. Um, the Yankees then the Rays have, are the Rays. Like, they're just going to be good, but not, like, exciting. I just don't want to play them in Tropicana Field. If we play the Rays at Olympic Stadium, I am okay with that. Because so, that's, is I, that so, so is that happening this season? I believe it is. I think they came into agreement. But they – you know what's really sad? The fact that baseball in Florida sounds like it will be such – easy and like you know florida fans don't care about sports they really they don't. don't like okay what team has really been successful the only team that's been successful the dolphins just because they have a history 
And the Miami Heat had a championship within the last decade. Like, all the other teams don't have squad. LeBron. Exactly. Like, you know, the Marlins have been bad. I mean, okay, the Marlins are going to be good, I believe, because I think that they've at least done good steps to be watchable. And the Rays aren't bad. It's just they are, A, a small market, and, B, their ballpark is arguably – at least the second worst ballpark in Major League Baseball, because I still think that, you know, uh, what's Oakland Stadium called? The, the Coliseum? Yeah, the, the Oakland Coliseum. Like, that's still, I think, the worst. I've been there. It is far. not pretty. Exactly. So, like, and, like, the thing that sucks is about, like, about Tampa is that, you know, one of the goofiest things that I could think about when looking at Tropicana Field why didn't they make it a retractable dome? Like that, like you'd think, you'd think, okay, Florida. Okay. Granted the weather in Florida isn't exactly all like sunshine. And, it rains you know, a lot. Yeah, it rains a lot. Bay. Right. But shouldn't you think you have the option of, you know, giving fans like that outdoor experience in baseball, like, you know, teams that have a dome, like I'm trying to, I think of like teams besides the Jays that have a dome. Like, not to bring up the team that shall not be named, but the Astros have a dome, the Brewers have a dome, and Milwaukee's cold, man. Uh, no, they, they have a retractable. Oh yeah, that's um, what you're saying, yeah, right? Like a retractable roof. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. Like the Brewers, the Astros. I think Jays. the Rangers. Oh yeah, Jays. Uh, I think the Rangers are gonna have that with their new stadium. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, who else has worked? Not many people have Arizona. Like, yeah, Chase Field does. Uh, Safeco Field? No, no. Safeco Field is open. The Marlins have it. Yeah, Marlins. Uh, I think that's it. I'm just let me take a look at uh, if I look at the um. I look at the team, I might be able to. Okay, Air, uh, Atlanta just got a new dome. That's not it. Um, Minnesota, no. Cleveland, no. Uh, I think we got the ball. I think we did. Also, that was a weird voice crack. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we. I think we really got all of them. Like, uh, I think the no Phillies don't. Um. Yeah, every other team has uh, just mainly a, a, st- a stereotypical baseball stadium. Surprised yeah. that not many more of them have like the roof. Yeah, no, it's uh, I don't know. Like I like the old classic design best of a on a stadium. It's just better. It's a lot better. Like in terms of like a watching experience and all that. Yeah, I would agree on that. So uh, quickly, uh, if we're done with Blue Jays talk, there's not really much to talk about with them. They're not like no roster moves have been made or anything. Um, Toronto FC had their home opener on Saturday, and there was two VAR um, reviews. One, both of them going against Toronto FC. This yeah, was, like, one happened within the first like ten minutes of the of the game. Toronto FC scored a goal, but then they called it because it was like half a foot offside. And then yeah. there was, I think, what I thought was a clear penalty, which was missed 
even after they reviewed it through VAR. Uh, Toronto FC still won the game, but I don't know. Uh, Matthew, what are your like thoughts on VAR? Is it good for the sport? Is it bad? I mean, I understand it because... You want to get the call right. You want to get the call right. You know, you, you've had too many instances like where, you know, calls are very clearly offside and like you kind of keep them anyway. Like I understand it, but at the same time, like it's turning into quickly what, uh, what the offside rule in hockey is where it's like, you know, no one really knows what the rule is anymore. Yeah. And like, for, and it's offside. It should be like simple, but they overcomplicate it. Yeah, I know. Like, I feel like, especially with the room, uh, the rule changes. Like, it's definitely very. Uh, it's become more complex to like figure out what's going on, especially like in soccer and uh, and hockey primarily. Oh, and well, actually, no, I don't want to single out sports because everybody. But, like, it's really weird, like, just seeing all of that happening. And, like, for the first game of, like, okay, not, okay, technically second game of their season, but, like, you know, it's really weird to, you know, determine, okay, this is offside, this is not offside. You know, a lot of the the calls, especially, like, uh, the cards that the refs give are just utterly ridiculous. Like, I think I still think that soccer officials are the most corrupt officials in all of sport. Um, yeah. Football, football, American football is close behind. Actually, I don't even know who who would be considered the worst uh, like demographic. I would say for officiating. I would say the NFL. The NFL officials are terrible and consistently terrible, and I don't think they're even getting paid to bad they are just bad literally yeah Yeah. i feel like they just literally like put they are put in this league to be controversial but in the bad way yeah all right so yeah the problem i have with var just to wrap things up is they use the term, it's got to be a clear and obvious error. Missing an offside by half a foot is not clear and obvious. Therefore, it should not go to VAR at that point. Like, I've seen ones in, like, the European League where someone's nose was offside, and they said they and they called it back. Like, they're yeah. just abusing it at that point. Yeah, I think, like, they just... Really like, you have like- to understand... If there's like if you still want actual referees on the field, there's going to be like human error involved, and you have to take that into account. Yeah, like I think officiating is the hardest job in the sport because you have to make sure every single call is fair, just like it's uh it's hard again it's hard to judge, but you know human error is obviously something that is hard to accept, especially in something like, uh, especially in like big time events. Like, you know, if you're doing that in the, in the Super Bowl or you're doing that in the Stanley Cup final, obviously it's a big difference between the two of them. But like, 
Like, we literally, we don't know the rules. And what sucks is that no one's going to ever show us the rule book unless, like, it's really, really bad and, like, they give permission to uh, share something like that. Like, it's it's mm-hmm. really, I don't know. It's just, if you ever, like, ever feel unjust about something, like, if you're confused about life, just, like, watch a ref. Watch a ref on TV and then you'll be like, oh, yeah, I get it now. Because you really don't. Mhm. All right, so I guess that's everything for today. Yeah. Unless yeah, you have any final really, thoughts. Not necessarily. All right. Let's follow us on think, uh on Twitter if you've made it this far. We can find us on Twitter at the Bender Six Pod. Yeah. Both and me and Matthew's can, Twitter handles are in the bio there. If you want to Give us a follow, reach out to us if you have any questions, any concerns, or if you just want to say hi. Or if you want to trade Jacob Slavin for half of your team, or trade Matt Dumba for Brock Besser, or or just do anything else with that, please feel free to let us know about it. Any shitty trade proposals that you come across, we'd, we'd love to see those. Where we can literally yell at you for it? Yes. Exactly. Uh, yelling at people is fun. And uh, let's uh, hope the Leafs pick it back up. They all better, otherwise you're going to get a, another bitter episode next week. All right. I will scream that up. All right, see you guys next week. Take care.